Hello, welcome to the Living Open podcast for mystics and seekers. I'm your host, Erin. I'm a Philly-based healing artist, and this is a podcast to support your healing journey. friends it's our first episode of june so happy pride all of that um i obviously planned nothing ahead of time for pride specifically unlike all of the amazing people on instagram and podcasts who have planned out all this queer pride content love it so much um but there's always a lot of queer people on this show and our upcoming interviews this month also happen to be with, I believe, all queer people. So that's cool. <laughs> I can look forward to that. Um, since it is the beginning of Pride, I thought this would be a good time to give a little update on where I'm at and just say um, that I've never felt more expansive and more queer and more myself and more alive than I do in this moment and this pride feels really different it's my first pride understanding that i'm not actually bi i'm gay as in i'm not actually attracted to cis men it's my first pride in a queer relationship and that all feels that all feels really good (laughs) not just good i mean the relationship feels really good the as you can imagine, there's a lot of unpacking around sexuality and queerness and bisexuality, um, but I feel really happy to be in this place, and I told my friend a little bit ago that I feel like I'm actually living all the healing work I've done over the past few years, like all the healing work I've ever done was to bring me to this place and to birth me through this year and to get me to this exact moment. I think all the practices and tools got me here and I love them and will certainly keep drawing on them, but at a certain point it was not about meditating more, it was really about needing to be brave enough to tell the truth and let my life burn down. So I did, and it did burn, and I'm alive, and I'm okay, and I'm better than okay, and so this pride feels extra special. I'm still unpacking and processing so much around queerness and compulsory heterosexuality. I've been thinking a lot about how I have confused attachment and safety for being in love, how I've confused loving being loved and loving being desired for being in love with men, how I deeply desired and still deeply desire validation and love from men because I want my dad to love me, of course. Um, How I really wanted to be bi, because if I was bi, I wouldn't have to destroy my life, and my past would make so much more sense, and that would be a lot easier for me. Um, I'm thinking about how I kept trying to fix myself, but there was never actually a problem. I'm just really queer, and... Yeah, that's just the tip of the iceberg. You know, that's just a little bit, a little window into some of the processing and unpacking. But I finally feel like I'm living in my most authentic and expansive expression of self in this moment. And I feel fucking grateful for that. And 
fucking grateful for all of the queer community and resources and queer elders and role models for paving the way for um being the reason that i can talk about being queer on this podcast and exist in life as queer um and yeah i think i just want to share a couple of the things i'm affirming to myself with you which are queerness is good queerness is magic queerness is resistance and queerness is sacred which shout out to nikki mayu for the language of queer as sacred um definitely recommend checking out her my queer is sacred series i will try and remember to link to it but uh, find them on instagram if not and so for this episode i wanted to just read you some queer love poems some queer pleasure poems um, they're all written by queer poets, with the exception of the first one. I don't think Linda Gregg is queer, but I really love the poem and wanted to share it. Um, don't hate me. That's the only one. Everyone else is queer. Um, and I will, of course, be naming the poem and the poet before I read their poem. In the description, I've linked uh, to either the poem online or the book I'm reading the poem from, so you can check all of those out. And... Without further ado, let's listen to some poems. This first one is called Whole and Without Blessing by Linda Gregg. What is beautiful alters has undertow. Otherwise, I have no tactics to begin with. Femininity is a sickness. I open my eyes out of this fever and see the meaning of my life clearly. A thing like a hill. I proclaim myself whole and without blessing or need to be blessed. I belong to no one. I do not move, am not required to move. I lie naked on a sheet, and the indifferent sun warms me. I was bred for slaughter like the other animals, to suffer exactly at the center where there are no clues except pleasure. This next one is... Recreation by Audre Lorde. This poem has a special place in my heart. When my partner and I did our Beltane ceremony together, we each brought a couple of love poems to read to each other, and we both chose this poem, which was so sweet. So I love this poem. Coming together, it is easier to work after our bodies meet. Paper and pen neither care nor profit whether we write or not, but as your body moves under my hands, charged and waiting, we cut the leash. You create me against your thighs, hilly with images. Moving through our word countries, my body writes into your flesh the poem you make of me. Touching you, I catch midnight as moon fires set in my throat. I love you, flesh into blossom. I made you and take you made into me. Next, I'm going to read a couple of Adrienne Rich poems from her 21 Love Poems series. I think all of them are so gorgeous, but I'm not going to read them all. I'm going to read one, two, three, and the floating poem. Um, and I'll, I'll number them as I go through. So, one. Wherever in this city, screens flicker with pornography, with science fiction vampires, victimized hirelings bending to the lash, we also have to walk. 
if simply as we walk through the rain-soaked garbage, the tabloid cruelties of our own neighborhoods. We need to grasp our lives inseparable from those rancid dreams, that blurt of metal, those disgraces, and the red begonia perilously flashing from a tenement sill six stories high, or the long-legged young girls playing ball in the junior high school playground. No one has imagined us. We want to live like trees, sycamores blazing through the sulfuric air, dappled with scars, still exuberantly budding, our animal passion rooted in the city. Two. This one's my favorite. (laughs) Two. I wake up in your bed. I know I have been dreaming. Much earlier, the alarm broke us from each other. You've been at your desk for hours. I know what I dreamed. Our friend, the poet, comes into my room where I've been writing for days. Drafts, carbons, poems are scattered everywhere, and I want to show her one poem, which is the poem of my life. But I hesitate and wake. You've kissed my hair to wake me. I dreamed you were a poem, I say, a poem I wanted to show someone. And I laugh and fall dreaming again of the desire to show you to everyone I love to move openly together in the pool of gravity, which is not simple, which carries the feathered grass a long way down the up-breathing air. Three. Since we're not young, weeks have to do time for years of missing each other. Yet only this odd warp in time tells me we're not young. Did I ever walk the morning streets at twenty, my limbs streaming with a purer joy? Did I lean from any window over the city, listening for the future, as I listen here with nerves tuned for your ring? And you, you move toward me with the same tempo. Your eyes are everlasting, the green spark of the blue-eyed grass of early summer, the green-blue wild crest washed by the spring. At twenty, yes, we thought we'd live forever. At forty-five, I want to know even our limits. I touch you knowing we weren't born tomorrow, and somehow each of us will help the other live, and somewhere each of us must help the other die. The Floating Poem, Unnumbered Whatever happens with us, your body will haunt mine. Tender, Delicate, your love-making, like the half-curled frond of the fiddlehead fern in forest just washed by sun. Your traveled, generous thighs, between which my whole face has come and come. The innocence and wisdom of the place my tongue has found there. The live, insatiate dance of your nipples in my mouth. Your touch on me, firm, protective, searching me out. Your strong tongue and slender fingers reaching where I had been waiting years for you in my rose-wet cave. Whatever happens, this is. And I think I just want to say before I keep reading, I should have probably said this at the beginning, but I'm not... uh, talking about what these poems mean to me or how they make me feel or any of those things because I think what's so gorgeous about poetry is that it's so alive and there's no right answers and I just want to offer these poems up to you for you to feel and think and um, 
yeah, see what comes up for you. If you're not used to reading poetry or listening to poetry, I feel very strongly that poetry is so personal and that's what's so beautiful about it. So if you're listening, um, trying to figure out what the poet means by something, like go off, feel free, but also you don't have to read poetry that way. I think that school and English class makes us think we have to read poetry that way, but you really, really don't. (laughs) Okay. The next one I'm going to read is Hold Back by Robin Becker, and this is from a book called All We Know of Pleasure, Poetic Erotica by Women. Like afternoon shadows on October adobes, she will fall and fall on me, wind fluttering white at the window, smell of pinion friars and first snow on the mountain. Cool blue altitudes we drive, down here we burn, let silence rain its quiet weather, let her sun-tanned arm graze mine with its peach-bloom gaze. I know how to walk away and come back shining. In time she will open her shirt, she will show me her neck, she will close her eyes. But we're not yet lovers, we're seekers from the valleys, laden with turquoise and silver, interested in each other the way traders fall in love with a beautiful bracelet, the one they haven't had and still think will make a difference. But we're not thinking of the future, that's one of the conditions. I'm tracing her palm with my finger and feeling the Rio Grande rush over the autumn stones. I'm kissing the inside of her elbow. The moccasin-soft skin is a song I heard at the Pueblo when the women danced together the small, mysterious movements. Soon she'll lie on her stomach with her chest pressed into the thin sheet and I'll climb to her back, freckled with summer light. Impatient, she throws her head left and right. She wants me to begin. She's been waiting all afternoon for my hand at the base of her spine. So I hold back. All we know of pleasure is pleasure delayed. The fine restraint which once given over is gone. This next one is from the same book and it's called The Wounded for Healing by Kai Chang Thom. You push your mouth against mine. I want to tell you, you have come to the wounded for healing. Like you, I am imperfect flesh, and my experience of violence has made me no less likely to harm you. History is doomed to repeat itself. Colonization and rape are written on my bones. I want to tell you I am trying. Like you, I have come to the wounded for healing. We are two scars pressed together, trying to give birth to new skins. This next poem is Peanut Butter by Eileen Miles. I am always hungry and wanting to have sex. This is a fact. If you get right down to it, the new unprocessed peanut butter is no damn good and you should buy it in a jar, as always in the largest supermarket you know. And I am an enemy of change, as you know. All the things I embrace as new are in fact old things re-released. Swimming, the sensation of being dirty in body and mind. Summer as a time to do nothing and make no money. Prayer as a last resort. 
pleasure as a means and then a means again with no ends in sight. I am absolutely in opposition to all kinds of goals. I have no desire to know where this anything is getting me. When the water boils, I get a cup of tea. Accidentally, I read all the works of Proust. It was summer, I was there, so was he. I write because I would like to be used for years after my death. Not only my body will be compost, but the thoughts I left during my life. During my life, I was a woman with hazel eyes. Out the window is a crooked silo. Parts of your body I think of as stripes, which I have learned to love all along. We swim naked in ponds, and I write behind your back. My thoughts about you are not exactly forbidden, but exalted, because they are useless, not intended to get you, because I have you and you love me. It's more like a playground where I play with my reflection of you until you come back and into the real you I get to sink my teeth. With you I know how to relax, and so I work behind your back, which is lovely. Nature is out of control, you tell me, and that's what's so good about it. I'm immoderately in love with you, knocked out by all your new white hair. Why shouldn't something I have always known be the very best there is? I love you from my childhood, starting back there when one day was just like the rest. Random growth and breezes, constant love, a sandwich in the middle of the day, a tiny step in the vastly conventional path of the sun. I squint. I wink. I take the ride. This one is Orchard by H.D. I saw the first pear as it fell. The honey-seeking, golden-banded, the yellow swarm was not more fleet than I. Spare us from loveliness, and I fell, prostrate, crying. You have flayed us with your blossoms. Spare us the beauty of fruit trees. The honey-seeking paused not. The air thundered their song, and I alone was prostrate. O rough-hewn god of the orchard, I bring you an offering. Do you, alone unbeautiful son of the gods, spare us from loveliness, these fallen hazelnuts, stripped late of their green sheaths, grapes, red-purple, their berries dripping with wine, pomegranates already broken and shrunken figs, and Keats's untouched, I bring you as offering. Poem for My Love by June Jordan How do we come to be here next to each other in the night? Where are the stars that show us to our love inevitable? Outside the leaves flame usual in darkness and the rain falls cool and blessed on the holy flesh. The black men waiting on the corner for a womanly mirage. I am amazed by peace. It is this possibility of you asleep and breathing in the quiet air. Love Poem by Audre Lorde Speak, earth, and bless me with what is richest. Make sky flow honey out of my hips. Rigus mountains spread over a valley carved out by the mouth of rain. And I knew when I entered her I was high wind in her forests, hollow fingers, whispering sound, honey flowed from the split cup 
impaled on a lance of tongues on the tips of her breasts on her navel, and my breath howling into her entrances through lungs of pain. Greedy as herring gulls or a child, I swing out over the earth, over and over again. This is Sex Ed from the book Pleasure Activism by Adrienne Marie Brown. Touch yourself early and often. Learn your body before you share your body. Use mirrors to learn how beautiful you are. Let yes come from every part of you before you share you. When your eggs drop, you are in heat. The risk is greater than the heat. Use protection. If your pussy gets sick, feed yourself plain yogurt, garlic. Drink primrose tea. Rub her with coconut oil. When your blood comes, it's time to rest. Know that you are never unclean, never untouchable. Use a cup within or a rag without. No trash needed. Now you have power of life. A child is a forever decision. Your pleasures will grow with you. Never say never, whether voracious or sated. You are whole, unbroken. Your orgasms are medicine and magic. Use them well. Be a lifelong lover to yourself. Let others join you. Always, always celebrate your miraculous body. This is I Know What I Love by Jericho Brown. It comes from the earth. It is green with deceit. Sometimes what I love shows up at three in the morning and rushes in to turn me upside down. Sometimes what I love just doesn't show up at all. It can hurt me if it means to, because that's what in love means. What I love understands itself as properly scarce. It knows I can't need what I don't go without. Some nights I hold my breath. I turn as in go bad. When I die, a man or a woman will clean up the mess a body makes. They'll talk about gas prices and the current drought as they prepare the blue-black cadaver that still, as the dead do, groans. I wanted what anyone with an ear wants, to be touched and touched by a presence that has no hands. This is Say It, I'm Always in Love by Olivia Gatwood from her book, The Life of the Party. Or sorry, it's just Life of the Party. They all do. When I scramble into dinner, unforgivably late with too many bags, rambling about some new lover and the way they listen better than the last. Say it, you don't believe me this time because last time I lost six months mourning our demise, chain-smoking on a rooftop next to the airport where every four minutes a plane would tear its belly across the sky until a new love came along, danced with me in a parking lot, and made sure I drank water. Yes, I thought that one would stay until my birthday, and no, they didn't. Yes, I was alone by winter, practicing some familiar grief, my old heart's sacrament. Okay, okay, another rolled around by spring, gone by the next fall. Of course, I know the pattern, you teach me nothing when you say it, but say it. I'm always either in love or heartbroken. Say it, I should be alone more often, I'll admit. Sometimes I don't trust the way I worship, okay? Sometimes I forget who's who. 
I know, I know, how many gods can a girl have? Who will she go home to when she dies? This one is Scheherazade by Richard Sykin from his book, Crush. Tell me about the dream where we pull the bodies out of the lake and dress them in warm clothes again. How it was late and no one could sleep. The horses running until they forget that they are horses. It's not like a tree where the roots have to end somewhere. It's more like a song on a policeman's radio. How we rolled up the carpet so we could dance and the days were bright red and every time we kissed there was another apple to slice into pieces. Look at the light through the window pane. That means it's noon. That means we're inconsolable. Tell me how all this and love, too, will ruin us. These are bodies possessed by light. Tell me we'll never get used to it. I am so obsessed with that poem. <laughs> the next one I have is Little Prayer by Denise Smith. Let ruin end here. Let him find honey where there was once a slaughter. Let him enter the lion's cage and find a field of lilacs. Let this be the healing, and if not, let it be. And I wanted to close with reading one of my Bible blackout poems to you that's a little reimagining of Sodom and Gomorrah. I just posted it on Instagram the other day. I will stir up against them who do not care for delight. The jewel, the glory, the pride will be Sodom and Gomorrah. She will be lived in through all generations. Rest there, lie there, fill her houses, dwell and leap about. Howl in her strongholds, in her luxurious places. Her time is at hand, and her days will be prolonged. So, those are all the poems I have for you. Also, if you don't know what Sodom and Gomorrah is, which I was thinking about yesterday when I sent this to my partner, and I was like, wait, I don't know if you know what that is. And they did have to Google it. Um, but yeah, they were two cities in the Bible, um, and the story was told. This is like from my memory of uh, going to church and what I learned about it, so this actually might not be fully accurate, but in my memory, these were two cities that were full of sin, and they ended up burning down, and one of the sins that was um, talked about was homosexuality, and so this uh, story of Sodom and Gomorrah is one of the passages that is used to um, condemn queerness. So if you feel inspired by poetry, um, I wanted to just remind you that I'm doing a poetry magic class on this Wednesday for ex-religious folks and we're gonna come together and write some poems as a way to process and heal. And um, the other thing I wanted to share is that Holy is open. Uh, tomorrow's the last day to apply and yeah, if you're on a journey of trying to find yourself again after dogmatic religion, of trying to 
heal from religion's impacts or reclaim rejected parts of yourself, of trying to reclaim your autonomy over your body and your mind and your life. That's all some of the work that we're doing in Holy, which is a seven-week reclamation circle for ex-religious folks who want to create ex-religious community and heal together. We'll be exploring some of the damaging beliefs left over from our religious programming that parts of ourselves are still holding. We'll be witnessing each other, sharing stories, connecting, making community, and um, reclaiming what's really holy for us. So the links to the Poetry Magic class and Holy are in the description, along with all the books that I read from and online links as uh, as applicable. Applicable? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and yeah, stay tuned. I'll be back on Monday with another episode for you. It'll be an interview. And um, happy Pride! Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, please do tap five stars and leave us a nice review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. I appreciate it so, so much. And it's a really lovely way to be in exchange with the show, with an indie podcast. You can check out all the links mentioned in this episode in the description, and I'll be back on Monday with another episode. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss it and stay in touch on Instagram at E-R-Y-N-J underscore or Patreon until then.